Hey everyone, and welcome to another Yogi Misfit Sessions. My name is Danny Plumploon, and I'm your host. Welcome to session one of Book Club. Uh, we just started the book club on the podcast, and we've been getting so much great feedback on it so far. People love that we get to hold each other accountable in reading the book and also get to have this recap session. Uh, for the next session of Book Club, we're actually going to be taking a live call where you guys will be able to ask questions and participate in the dialogue as well. Don't forget to join the Facebook group. The link is down in the show notes, and we will also be having a little bit of dialogue in the Facebook group about the book that is happening that month. So in this book club, we are discussing The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F-U-C-K by Mark Manson. Now listen, I am a big fan of the F-bomb word, but I'm going to try my hardest not to just keep saying it over and over in this episode because, you know, too much is a little too much. And make sure you check out show supporter Seawall House Yoga Retreat Center in Northern Maine. They've had ongoing yoga retreats since 1997 that are designed to fit your schedule with coming and departing days of your choice. They've got a ton of workshops happening for 2019. Things like vegan cooking and yoga, July 16th to 20th, stand-up paddleboard from August 12th to the 15th, Free the Artist and Yoga, It's a Paint Thing, August 18th to the 23rd, Women's Mental Health Weekend, Labor Day Weekend, and their popular annual yoga and writing weekend this year on Columbus Day, October 12th to the 14th. All the workshops are hosted by fabulous presenters and are great gift civic ideas for giveaways. Treat yourself or do it with a friend that you loved. Check out their TripAdvisor, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and join their newsletter too at www.seawallhouse.com. That's www.se. W-A-L-L-H-O-U-S-E dot com. Updates or call them at 646-316-5151. So I'd like to take a moment to tell you guys over about my friends at Rise Bar. If you are anything like me or you know me, I am always hungry and always need food on the go. I pretty much always carry one of these bars in my bag or in my scooter or my bicycle bag, whatever it is. Um, But they're super yummy, really good snacks on the go. They're gluten-free, they're non-GMO, they're soy-free, they're peanut-free, there's no extra sugar added. They're really, really, really yummy snacks. And the best part is they come in whey protein and plant-based protein. So if you're vegan, you have an option as well. Check them out, risebar.com. And use the code DANNY25, that's D-A-N-N-I-25, to get a little discount at the end. Without further ado, here is a summary, a recap, and my thoughts on this month's book. So... What I really got from the book, and even in just the start, is like where we are dispensing our fucks, so to speak. So it talks in one of the opening lines, it talks about how, you know, marketing these days is really just shoving thoughts and ideas down our faces that we need more, right? We need a bigger house or we need to look a certain way or or whatever it is that we need more and more. And it puts us in this constant state of need when 
intellectuality, what this book is telling us is that we need to give more fucks about less. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but it actually is super brilliant and it makes so much sense. One of the or one of the examples rather that he was putting is like, you know, when you get cut off, um, let's say on your drive to work or if you get home and uh, I don't know, I'm making this one up, but your roommates didn't put something back and you end up spending your time and energy like wasting it on these small little things that at the end of the day don't really matter. But yet we tend to spend all of this extra you know, energy on it. And why are we doing that? Like, why are we actually taking the time to spend the energy on the crap that doesn't really matter? Now, I want to acknowledge that it is a really tough pill to swallow this book. Like, like I had to read it a couple times to really get a hold and grasp the concept. But once I did, it really started to make sense. And it's actually not that we're trying to give zero, you know, Fs, but more importantly, where are our values placed and why are we, you know, giving uh, direction and energy to the things that make sense or the things that don't make sense? Now, in all actuality, it would be impossible to not give an F about things in life, right? But what this book questions is where are our values and why are we placing the time and the energy and everything else that goes with that in giving, you know, thought into things that don't really matter. So starting to hone in on things that are important like family, health, your overall well-being, those things are important. The other thing that the book really touches on is like no matter what, you are going to have problems and you can't turn in one set of problems for another set of problems. Let's say, for example, uh, your income level, right? So if you make... $30,000 a year and you get upgraded, you know, to $50,000 a year. Your problems don't stop. Your set of problems just happens to change. So we get into this whole cycle of like, well, I need more, I need more, even I need to be better, I need to be better, or I need to evolve, 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 whatever it is. And in all actuality, it's kind of tearing you apart because it's just setting you up for another set of problems and that's what we tend to forget about as we move through this self-help cycle. So in this book Mark gives us a better understanding at his five different concepts of how not to give a single F and the breakdown goes a little something like this. Number one is that I am 100% responsible for what happens to me in my life and you may not have 100% control you may not be able to control the weather. You may not be able to control everybody else. The one thing that you can control is you. And when you come to the realization that you are control of your problems, and if something is happening in your life, that you can have that power to make yourself a perpetual victim or not. If you ever have to ask yourself the question, is something wrong with me or is everybody else messed up? There's a greater chance that we tend to be the problem, right? We, we hear that all the time that we tend to be our own worst enemy. And it's when we humble ourselves and when we start to realize that we are not perfect beings and we are not human or we're just humans, then you can start to accept the fact that mistakes are made and that you do mess up and you can grow and you can learn from that. And you can take control of the circumstances of your own life. And from that, you have the, the power to, to move forward. 
It's that Spider-Man quote from Uncle Ben, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And with great responsibility comes great power. And it's only when you take in that 100% responsibility for the actions of your life, do you have the power to move forward and shape it in the way that you truly desire. Most people tend to play the victim and they tend to explode on their emotions and blame it on everybody else. Everyone else is the problem, so on and so forth. You've got to be the one that says, I am in control of my life. I am the one that takes responsibility and not everything is going to be easy, right? And not everything is going to be your fault, but at the end of the day, you get to choose to be a victim, you get to choose to be sad, you get to choose to blame everybody else but yourself. But when you can finally blame yourself and say, hey, maybe I'm the root for my problems, only then will you be able to transcend and move forward into your true, true power. Number two is you are wrong about everything. There's that quote by Socrates that states, the only thing that I know is that I know nothing. And that is what life is really about. It's about understanding that we are seeking for perfection and truth without never actually attaining it. You'll never be really 100%, but you can be a little less wrong than you were the day before. And five days or five years rather from now, you can look back and be like, I was wrong about this and I was wrong about that. And just like now you're thinking about five years ago, hey, maybe I was wrong about a couple things, right? It's not about being right. It's not about certainty. It's about trying to see if you can uh, view that the world isn't black and white. It's not looking at someone being black and white, but there's multiple sides and there's gray area. And in that gray area, we find growth and progress. And when we put in that progress and when we realize that we don't know everything, that's really where we start to push forward. And we need to continue to push ourselves to move forward, surround ourselves with people that push us and challenge us to continue to move forward. A lot of times we tend to seek out information that confirms our biases, right? To make us feel good about our our things that we like. So it's important that we find people that push our buttons and find mentors that can challenge that and make us grow. Number three is failure is the way forward. At the end of the day, in order to improve in any skill in your life, you have to have the willingness to fail. How can you get into the game if you're not even willing to play? Somebody wants a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend, but they don't want to go out and put in the work. They don't want to have the awkward dating conversation because they don't want to have rejection in their life. But you have to improve your social skills more than you're afraid to be rejected, right? You have to be able to put in time and effort over and over and over again in order to grow that skill set. You have to be able to put in the work to grow. What's more important? He lists a really great story where he talks about Picasso. Picasso is uh, writing on a napkin in a coffee shop. And it's an exquisite picture, and he doodles it up in a couple minutes. And he goes to throw it away, and a girl asks, Hey, I want to buy that napkin from you. Can I have it? And Picasso says, No, $20,000, and I'll give it to you. She says, How can that be worth $20,000? You did that napkin in two minutes. And he says, No, no, my dear. 
I did this napkin in 60 years. It took him that long to create something so great, so grand, and so vivid in that short amount of time. It's only through pushing yourself and through adversity and going through those hard times that you're going to grow as a person. A big problem that most people have about learning a skill is that this feedback loop of creation goes something like this. First, you're inspired by something like you see a piece of art or a joke or you listen to a story or whatever it is. Next thing you do is you're motivated to complete that task and you have the willingness to complete that task and then you go and take action. Most people would think and ends like that, point A to point C. But at the end of the day, it's a loop. It's not A to C, it's continuous. A, B, C, A, B, C. What does it mean? Mark lists it like this. First, you take action on things that you want to do. Then you're inspired to continue to take action and you're motivated to, to, to take action. So for example, you want to start a business or you want to start working out, but you're not feeling it. Your emotions are telling you, nah, I'm not really feeling it today. I'm not feeling up to it. I'm tired. But when you take that action and you start doing it, that's when you start to get inspired to continue to pushing forward anyway. It's like solving a math problem. When you really start playing around with it, when you start moving the letters around, when you start calculating the numbers, the answer comes to you. But it wasn't seen originally. You had to build up to that point, just like success and failure. You're failing, you're failing, you're failing, you're failing, succeed. It's not a jump from, I'm completely failing, so, oh my gosh, now I'm really successful, it's building into it. It's, I failed, I failed, I failed, I failed. Some people think, oh my gosh, I failed, I'm going down. When you fail, you're moving forward. Failure is the path forward. Number four is the importance of saying no. If you say yes to everything, then you stand for absolutely nothing. In today's age, especially here in the Western world, where we're told to be smiley and happy and polite, You'll be blown away if you go to a place like Russia where people seem cold and harsh and brutal. But it is the most galvanizing experience you can ever have because what you witness there is honesty, vulnerability, and truth. People will actually tell you what they believe. They're not filtering themselves. They're not trying to put a mask on. They're not filtering at all. They're just having an honest expression of who they are. And this really is the way to a better life. Because most people are consistently trying to give a fuck about what other people think or giving a fuck about how they're perceived. And at the end of the day, what most people respect is truth and honesty. And it might come off as brutal and it might come off as harsh and might come off as evil. But at the end of the day, it's just honest. And it's honest signals because wouldn't you rather have someone important in your life that tells you how great you are or how good how good you look in the mirror or you know you're such a great person when the reality is that you're the opposite right because would you rather have a friend who tells you how awesome you are and how everyone loves you and how beautiful you look when the reality is the opposite that people you know perceive you differently or that you're not the nicest person or would you rather have someone that tells you hey you're actually kind of being a jerk or, you know, you're not really following through or whatever the case may be. Would you rather have someone that's honest with you or someone that's not honest with you? 
A great example is like when you walk around and you have, I don't know, food on your face or whatever. Would you rather have someone that doesn't say, hey, you've got a little like ketchup on your chin or whatever it is? Or would you rather just walk around with ketchup on your chin? For me, I more appreciate the honesty than not. Number five is then you die. All the values, all the things that you hold so dear should be held on the fact that you are going to die one day, that we are human and that we're mortal beings, that everything on this planet comes to beginning and to an end. And I think a lot of people go out of their way to forget that they're going to die. And they see life's trivial things as these huge, monstrous, like crazy tasks or problems that are resting on their shoulders. And we need to enjoy life and be present, live and breathe and understand that things come to an end and we're not going to be here forever. Our loved ones are going to die. Our friends are going to die. The only thing that's consistent in life is death. It's the one thing that's certain and that's always consistent. So really focus on your core values. Like what really matters to you? What are you going to care about when you're 80, 90 years old if you're lucky to live that long? What are you going to be thinking about? What are you going to wish that you have done? Or are you going to sit there and think, I still have time, I still have time, I still have time. The truth is, we don't have that much time. And if you wait and wait, time is going to just fly and you're going to wonder where it all went. So stop waiting and start taking action. When you know you're going to die, when you feel it, like really, really, really feel it deeply inside of you on a physical level, that one day you won't be here. You'll finally be free. You'll no longer be afraid. And you'll have accepted that one day you're going to die. And it seems scary, but death is inevitable. And it's through that acceptance, it's through accepting your own death, that fear disappears. Because what fear is, is your fear of death. And when you no longer fear death and you embrace it, you can finally live. I hope you guys enjoyed this book just as much as I did. Now, I know there are a lot of big and heavy, meaty parts to it, but take it step by step, have a second read, and I can't wait to hear your guys' comments in the uh, Facebook group. Um, Our next book coming out is going to be The Four Agreements, and I cannot wait to start chatting with you guys about this. Until the next book club session, this is Danny saying peace out. guys remember to check out seawall house and all the amazing workshops they've got planned for 2019 that's www.seawallhouse.com s-e-w-a-l-l-h-o-u-s-e.com